Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Ben Kwam from Sounds Good, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Twins. We appreciate you joining us for episode 125. That's right, 124 previous episodes have brought us to this point where we are recording episode 125 this evening on May 3rd here on Wednesday evening. So I want to thank you guys all for sticking with us, whether you've been with us from episode one all the way till now, or you're just you know joining in you know maybe 20 episodes ago, whatever it is, we appreciate you guys joining with us as we are now at episode 125, you know, a, a big, you know, timeline moment for us. So we appreciate all the listeners that have been with us at, at different points in the time. Definitely thank you for listening to Talking Twins. And before we get into the show, just a reminder, if you want to check us out on the web, you can do that at our website, which is www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. If you want to get with us via social media, we would greatly appreciate that. Facebook, you can find us there at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash facebook and we're also on twitter you can use our twitter handle at talking twins you know on facebook we throw up obviously links to the show uh news articles about the twins and a whole lot more both from the minor and major league standpoint now on our twitter feed you can find everything from daryl yates's fun daily facts polls links to the show and a whole lot more as well so please interact with us both on the minor league and major or on, on the on the facebook and the twitter level for both the minor and major league everything related to the Minnesota Twins organization. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and the webpage at TalkingTwinsBaseball.com. Now, with that, we're going to get into the show this evening, and we're going to, of course, during the Down on the Farm segment, talk about our minor league stars of the week. And then in the dugout, we've got some great Twins topics we'll talk about, including the Twins' power surge on Tuesday evening, the record that they set, and we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Irvin Santana and his dominating start that he continues to put out there. Uh, the Twins uh, naming a final fifth starter to their rotation, at least for the next couple of weeks, and some other great topics as well. So with that, we're going to get into the Down on the Farm segment. And as I bring in Daryl, we're going to start with our, our low-A affiliate, the Cedar Rapids Colonels. And I'm going to turn it over to Daryl for his star of the week in Cedar Rapids. Well, and my star of the week, uh, Brad, was uh, his season uh, was cut short last year as a 19-year-old, and that's Jermaine Palacios, our shortstop. Uh, you know, last year, if you recall, he started out a little slow, Brad, and then uh, he got beaten in the head. Which, which so will come definitely... July, come July, you know, his his season was done. Well, that'll slow uh, things now, down a little bit, won't it? I mean, yeah, that that'll that'll definitely uh, you know either upset you, make you more aggressive, or end your season. Well, it did a little bit of both. End season now made him a little more aggressive because right now, currently, Brad, and, and I'll get into why he is, but. He's leading the entire organization in his batting average, on base, slugging percentage, total bases, triples, and and other 
uh, offensive categories. So to get into it, why I selected him? Well, for the last over the last ten games, he's he's hitting four oh nine. Okay, that's like Ted Williams here. Four oh nine, home run, a double, three trips, uh, nine RBI, and six run score on a season. A whopping three ninety eight, four doubles, five triples, a homer, eleven ribbies, and eighteen runs scored. He's also, you know, and I we were talking about this before, Brad, but you know, it was once considered a, a weakness, the middle infield, shortstop, second base. It really isn't. He's played every position this year, or every any he's been at shortstop, and he's played it admirably. Uh, he's, uh, he's filling percentage right now is a 955. So he's playing it great. Again, only 20. He's still a couple of years younger than the average age of everybody down in that level of Cedar Rapids. So he's due to get up in Fort Myers. He's probably arguably the best player the twins have over the month. There's some really good players, but right now, Jermaine Palacios, shortstop, Cedar Rapids, my player of the week. No, very nice. I mean, there's nothing you can argue with what Palacios is doing to start the 2017 season down there in Cedar Rapids. I like I like everything he's doing. And I'll add that he had a 14-game hitting streak. I almost forgot that. 14-game hitting streak. Yeah, nothing. Obviously, to... you should have that if you're hitting 409, right, for the week. <laughs> yes, and that would – I would hope – That kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, right? I would, I would say I'd hope that he, he got hits in all those games, but, you know, I mean, he's yes, definitely been – go. 14-game hitting streak. But on fire and, and, you know, definitely a solid player in Jermaine Palacios. Now, my guy this week down in, in Cedar Rapids is a name that maybe a lot of Twins fans, if not most of them, unless you're a, you know, diehard minor league follower, probably don't know, and that's Clark Beaker. Uh, Beaker is a, a starting pitcher for Cedar Rapids who came up from Elizabethton after last season. And to start in his last 10 games, excuse me, he's, he's put a pretty good, you know, uh, set of a couple of starts up there. He's 2-0 and in his last two starts in the last 10 days. Uh, 12 innings pitched. He has given up nine hits, so, you know, maybe a little high on that hit number, but only one earned run. He's running a 0.75 ERA in those last two starts and eight strikeouts to no walks. Now, on the season, what's even nicer about Beaker, 20 strikeouts to just two walks. I mean, a very, very solid, solid strikeout-to-walk ratio and a guy that's running a 1.66 overall ERA for the season. So uh, it looks like maybe a nice, you know, diamond in the rough. Obviously, it's early, but you got to go on what you've got. I mean, you've, you've got, you know, your sample size is what it is, and this is his first shot at Cedar Rapids. You like what he's so far doing as a guy coming up from the G, you know, from Elizabethton, from Rookie League ball in the Appalachian League to what he's doing now at, you know, Cedar Rapids in the Midwest League. you, you got to like what you're seeing from this kid so far, and, you know, it, you know obviously time to tell. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, be a Cy Young winner, but it's at least nice to see that there's another young talent. We've talked about this before. You know, last year and in previous years, it's nice to at least to see that somehow Cedar Rapids keeps cycling starting pitching talent through there and at least gets them ready to move up to Fort Myers. And from there, it's up to the rest of the organizations, you know, the coaching staffs in Fort Myers, Chattanooga, and Rochester to, to continue to build these guys. But it's nice to see that Cedar Rapids, again, churning out another young talent. You remember guys like Sam, you know, Sam Clay, Felix Jorge, you know, on and on and on. I mean, even going back a couple of years, our guy Steven Gonsalves and so forth. At least it's nice to see that the, the Colonels are still spinning out you know, young pitching talent. Right now, that is Clark Beaker. So with that, uh, that is Jermaine Palacios from Daryl, Clark Beaker for myself. We're going to close the book on the Cedar Rapids Colonels, which means we need to jump up to high A 
and that would be the Fort Myers Miracle. And I'm going to lead off this time. Uh, for Fort Myers, my Miracle Star of the Week is none other than Brian Navarretto, uh, the catcher for the Miracle, and he's had a heck of a last 10 games. Uh, 314 batting average, four runs scored, 11 hits over those those 10 games, a homer, five RBI, a couple of walks, a stolen base. Um, in that span, too, four of those hits were, besides the homer, uh, four other of those hits were doubles, and that homer was a walk-off homer on Tuesday, May 2nd, for the Miracle in the 10th inning. Navarretto's always been regarded as a, a highly you know, regarded defensive prospect behind the plate. What was always lacking, especially in Cedar Rapids last year, was they were worried about the offensive production from Navarretto. He, you know, he, you know, he wasn't showing quite the offensive prowess they, they wanted from him behind the plate. The defense is solid. He's got a good arm. You know, start to see at least to start the season at, at Fort Myers, the the numbers are definitely up. He's definitely showing run production skills, uh, definitely becoming hopefully maybe a little more rounded of a player. So that's going to wrap it up for me, my star of the week, Brian Navarretto, and I'm going to turn it over to Daryl for his Fort Myers Miracle Star of the Week. Well, and my guy, Brad, is one of your uh, former, if not still, fa- one, one, it's one, one of your favorite prospects when he was drafted back in 2014. That's Max Murphy. Love Max. Uh, center fielder, 24-year-old. You know, he he was uh, drafted in the same round as uh, Brian Dozier in the ninth round. He wasn't a highly touted guy, but a guy that the Twins saw some talent in. And he's he's had success in Elizabethton. He's had success in Cedar Rapids. And now he's in Fort Myers. Well, the last 10 games, he's hitting a whopping 412, Brad. couple Daners, four RBI, and eight runs score. Uh, on the year... He's hitting a solid 305. Those two home runs, five doubles, a triple, eight RBI, uh, 12 runs scored. But it's his defense that gets him there. Now, in the short season so far, he has yet to commit an error. And he plays that coveted position that we all like to see, and that's center field. A problem is you got a guy named Byron Buxton, and, you know, that's <laughs> that's right up there. Tough thing, and yeah. you got you got Zach Granite that can play center field. I mean, there's some competition ahead of him. Now he's in Fort Myers, and that's that. You got a lot of competition out there. You get some great pitching. Uh, he's fielding great. He's hitting great. He's just got to keep it up because then he'll get the double A, and then he's just a matter. Of he's an injury away, or or he'll they'll move him to right or left. And I mean, it, outfield is not a position I need right now. So it's great to see Max just continue to thrive, hone in his skills, and become that guy that we can use either as a fourth outfielder or maybe even a starting outfielder in the very near future. No, I mean, I agree with you. I still like Max. You know, I am I mean, I, I still think there's potential there. But you're right. I mean, it's obviously tough when you're you're trying to get past Byron Buxton in center field. I mean, that's... Well, when you got Byron Buxton, Rosario, and Kepler. Yeah, it's... And... Now you got Zach Granite, who just came off the DL, and don't forget and, Daniel, and is down at Fort Myers tearing it up again. And so he'll get, he'll be right back to where he belongs in AAA here shortly. But don't forget, you're kind of, you're kind of waiting in the wings there. They like, they like <laughs> Daniel Polka too. So I mean, that, you know, that's yeah, exactly, there's, exactly. There, there's some, yeah, there, there's some, you know, there's some. But luck. that's what, the, that's what fans need to know that there's depth 
in certain positions, and that's great to have depth in the outfield. There's definitely a logjam right now, and it's a good thing. You're right. It's a, it's a good thing to have because it's I, I'd rather have – we just need more of it in pitching. Right, yeah. I'd love to have a logjam in pitching. I mean, you'd love to have just, you know – get there now oh. in uh, double-A. And we'll, and we'll see how that turns out this year. But, you know, so as we move down to uh, – speaking of double-A, we're going to move down to the Chattanooga Lookouts and, and talk about who our stars of the week are down there. I've got a – a gentleman whose name, you know, Daryl's going to talk pitching. I won't say who. I'll let him talk that. I've got a guy that is not maybe as as well-known in this organization well, but he's starting to make a name for himself here in 2017, and that's Dan Gamash, the third baseman, down for the lookouts. And, boy, over the last uh, uh, 10 games, really making a name for himself with a 308 average over the last 10, four runs scored, 12 hits, 11 RBI in 10 games, and also uh, took a walk two doubles and a triple, and went three for five two nights ago in, in the Lookouts win. This is a guy that's you know starting to make a, a name for himself, done on, done on the Lookouts team, that's not getting a ton of offense right now other than from a couple of guys, and Dan Gamash has been one of them. This is a guy that was uh, previously in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization and is now, you know, now was signed as a free agent in the offseason by the Twins, and they've got him in double-A right now. It's, it, it's fun to see because, you know, we were – you know, a couple of years ago, obviously, you know, Miguel Sano is the right now the heir apparent at third base and is going to be the guy of the Twins for a while. Doesn't mean it's never again nice to have, as we mentioned, a log jam of talent, even have a couple of pieces to where if an injury happens, something like that, maybe they can also teach this kid at third to play a little first, things like that. But it's good to see, you know, another another bat in, in double-A that's producing because you always want to see those guys produce there because that at least shows them that they've got the you know the possibility and the spark that they could be you know producers up here. So with that, that is my again that's my guy uh, Dan Gamash, the third baseman down in Chattanooga. And I'm going to turn it over to Daryl for his lookout star of the week. Well, and it was just a matter of time that I was going to have uh, who I consider to be the organization's top pitching prospect. Uh, it's a one A one B type thing between him and Steven Gonzalez, and that's Fernando Rero. And he, he got off to a little rough start uh, where he finished off, which is in double A. But boy, did he, he tore, he's been tearing it up lately. And this last game he had, he allowed just one run over six strong innings. He struck out six and didn't allow a free pass. And said he got off to a little a bit of a slow start the first, first couple. And then he got better. And then he got really good because now his ERA is a solid 2.96. And he's got that. Uh, 25 strikeouts to 11 walks. Well, those 11 walks came in, well, all but one. Ten of them came in the first two, and then one in his third, and then his last start, he didn't allow any. But he was dominant, and this is the guy that I believe, and I think most Twins fans hope that is going to be the future ace of the organization. Again, we're talking like we're splitting hairs between him and Steven. But right now, he pitched what I believe was his best game of the year. And I believe we're going to see more of it. If he continues like this, Brad, depending on what the twins do, where they go in the bigs, he could see if he, if he's like this, we're going to see him in September. Plain and simple. We'll see him in September. If he pitches like this, we'll see him in September. I I hope so. I mean, I hope that's the case. I mean, it's it's nothing I can argue with. I, I hope that's, you know, that's definitely how it plays out. And let's just, you know, hope that Romero keeps putting out the solid numbers and keeps dominating down in the Southern League. And, you know, that would that would make sense that 
That oh. yeah, some people say I think some players they they need a couple they need a little bit to get going and I I don't know he he just the the reins are taken off him he, he's given free range he yep. doesn't have an inning limit this year exactly where he did last year coming off of Tommy John uh it, you know, yeah he got roughed up first couple but he's been pretty dominant since and this last one was extremely dominant and this is what we want to see out of our future ace. Well, and let's, you know, and, and that dominance is a great lead as we get down, as we close out the the uh, book there on Chattanooga. It is Fernando Romero for Daryl and Dan Gamash for me in double-A. And as, we, you know, Daryl mentioned dominance, we get down to triple-A to or up to triple-A and the Rochester Red Wings, boy, it's, I mean, dominance, it, my guy can really, I mean, he's been more than dominant in the last couple of starts, and that is Jose Barrios. And, of course, it's, you know, not surprising. He has, you know, the stuff and the, and the makeup and the talent to be dominant. But, boy, over the last couple of starts, he's only 1-0, which is a shame because both of his starts were, were very, very good starts, and he just didn't get the offense in the, in the one start to, you know, the run support even at all. I mean, which is, is scary when I give you Well, they've been, they've been horrible at the bat for, you know, with the exception of a couple. They have been scuffling all year offensively. When I give yeah. you his numbers, you're going to wonder how he's not 2-0. That, those, two, those two starts are 14 innings pitch combined. A grand total of six hits and one earned run. So you're already going. How did he not get two wins? We only gave up an earned run over two starts, and that's the shame. Is he the game he lost? He only gave up one earned run. The other game he didn't give up any runs, and he lost that game one nothing. So it's it, it's really a shame there. You lose a uh, you know one nothing game when you go out and, and pitch as well as he has in his last two starts. It's a zero point six four ERA, and that's seventeen strikeouts over five walks. Now, the Twins wanted to see that walk-to-strikeout ratio, you know, again, start to calm down. Well, I'd say on the season it has at 35 strikeouts to eight walks. I mean, that's, again, he's he's running a pretty solid, you know, strikeout-to-walk ratio over the season, even better over the season than it's been in the last two games, and that may be the only reason. And we're going to talk about this in, in the dugout. We, we I mentioned I kind of teased the Twins naming the fifth starter We'll talk about that, and these numbers may come back into play. So just kind of remember that. Just keep that you know, in the back of your mind. So, again, that's my guy in Rochester as the Red Wing uh, Star of the Week. That is Jose Barrios. That means, Daryl, I turn it over to you for the final Star of the Week in the, in the Down the Farm segment. Well, and you know, Brad, as I, I conceded to you, because I, I wanted you to have uh, a gimme, so I let you have our boy, Jose Oh, thank uh, you, Jose thank Barrios. you. Appreciate well, that. Well, because I took him two weeks ago, and... You know, we were talking about uh, Jose. He didn't get the run support. The, the only one really hitting the ball is Tommy Field. Correct. And this is our 30-year-old second baseman who the Twins signed uh, December of last year, uh, 2016. Uh, the last 10 game, again, he's the, he's the only run support you have. He's hitting 333, a home run, five doubles, an RBI, eight runs scored, again, over the last 10 games. And on a season, I mean, he's in a solid 314. He's had seven doubles. He's got three dinners, five ribbies, 17 runs scored. And in 31 total chances thus far, he's got six double plays, nine putouts, 22 outfield or assists, and he hasn't committed an error yet, which is just solid. I mean, you love to see that out of your second baseman, but he's kind of blocked right now. He's a 30 year old that's in my opinion, unfortunately for him, it is great for everybody in Rochester, but he's not going to see, he's, not, he's just not going to see the majors 
and he's playing great, and he is my player of the week uh, for Rochester, and I think he's doing a fantastic job. But you got Brian Dozier up there and Jorge Polanco. He's not going to see. He doesn't have a chance to see the majors. No, I definitely agree with that. Right now, unless there was some just like dramatic. I mean, unless something horrific happens that yeah. no twin fan wants to see. And obviously, we don't want to see anything bad happen. There would have but, to be. A, a... I mean, he's doing phenomenal. It was a smart signing. Again, no errors committed. All he's got the assists. He's got the putouts. He's doing everything a second baseman's supposed to do. And he's hitting for average. He's he's the one guy actually hitting. But like you said, there'd have uh, to be there'd have to be a dramatic like shift of events. It would have to be. Yeah, it would it's... have to be smart, smart, smart signing by the organization to get a veteran player like that ready at any given time. And you want to see those guys uh, come in and succeed to be mentors to your younger players and to be ready in case something happens. But and, the and, truth is, is that that's what they are. They're mentors, and unless something, um, you know, just dramatic happens, he won't see the bigs. Well, at least not within our organization. No, he could be a good forty-man call-up, though. He, I mean, he could possibly could be. be. He Absolutely, could be, you know. it depends on who they have and correct. You know who they correct. have replacing him. Which, as we know, in Fort Myers, you know, there's two shortstops that can both play double. Uh, second base. Right. So, I mean, it's it's so tough. So, that definitely could happen. It, it, it is tough. You're right. I mean, it's, you know, but other than that, you know, it is it's still, a, you know, still a guy. It's still a good story. It's still, you know, something you like to see. And he definitely, well, we want to see him succeed because he's that he's a smart guy, and he level-headed. Def- and he definitely. He could be, he could be a, a coach, a manager. He, he could do something within the organization when he decides, if he decides, his career is up and he's, down the road. And five he, years from now, or whatever. He, he still deserved to be the star of the week. So at the end of the day, absolutely, that's absolutely stud worthy. So for for uh, the Red Wings, for the Rochester Red Wings, Daryl had Tommy Field, the second baseman. I had Jose Barrios, the starting pitcher. That closes it out for us for the stars of the week for the down in the farm segment. So with that, it means we're going to take a break here, catch a breather, let you guys all do the same, and that means we'll come right back in a moment and we'll sit down in the dugout and we'll talk about those twins topics that we mentioned to start the show and maybe even a couple of more that will sneak in real quick here in the, on the second half of the show. So stick around, take a quick break, but we will be right back here on Talking Twins. This is Panda Pete from Twins and Losses Super Show, and you're listening to Talking Twins on the 4D Podcast Network. Hey, guys, we're back here on Talking Twins, and it is now the In the Dugout segment. Thank you for, for coming back after the break there. Hope you guys uh, like the Down on the Farm uh, segment with our Stars of the Week. If you guys have any feedback on that, uh, please hit us up uh, on the website, www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. You can use Facebook, and that's talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash Facebook. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, at Talking Twins, and let us know if you had somebody else you thought should have been a star of the week or at one of the levels or just any feedback in general you have about the Down on the Farm segment. So with that, we're going to kick off the In the Dugout uh, segment of the show. We have a, do little, a little promotion note that I want to make sure everyone's aware of. We will be uh, running a giveaway that will start during the next show. So episode 126, once that show is posted up, we will have a retweet giveaway that will be starting then. So you'll want to watch the, the Twitter feed as we, as we post up, not this week, but the, in two weeks from now as we post up the episode 126 show, you're going to be watch, want to be watching because right at the same time that we post up that show, also on our Twitter feed, is going to kick off we're going to have a retweet contest, uh, a follow and retweet contest for a chance to win a Miguel Sano 
signed baseball. That's correct. A Miguel Sano autographed baseball, which we will be giving away uh, starting with episode 126. So we're telling you guys now to get you guys a chance to get ready for it. Watch the Twitter feed. When episode 126 in two weeks get post, gets posted up, you will also see the contest appear, and you will have a chance to win a Miguel Sano autographed baseball. We'll also put a couple of reminders up between now and episode 126 on the Twitter feed just to keep you guys abreast of the situation and make sure you're aware. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know that loves the Twins that they need to get ready and get a chance to get entered in to win a Miguel Sano autographed baseball. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and kick off our In the Dugout segment, and we're going to start with talking about the Twins' latest power surge, Daryl. And boy, last night, the power surge really showed up as the Twins hit six home runs on Tuesday evening, the, the May 2nd at Target Field, which is the most by the Twins since Target Field opened in 2010. You had Dozier hit two, Jason Castor hit a homer, Buxton hit a homer, Maurer hit a homer, and of course, the big dog, the guy that we're giving a baseball away from in two weeks, hit a 450-plus foot bomb into the catch. 466. That, yes, excuse me. That actually injured a customer in the catch, by the way. They, right. They did talk to the gal, and she is going to be okay. but She's fine. But it actually was a blast that Sano hit in, into the catch last night and straight away well, center field. shot. The longest, the longest um, by, by feet. The longest home run hit to center field at Target Field since the stadium opened as well. So, you know, a couple of things there in terms of records. Obviously, the Twins hitting six. The previous number was four. So, obviously, that was that, you know, that they've Which set, they did, what, three or four times, right? They did four times. That is correct. Four times. Four hit, times, yep. Yep. So, you, you like to see that, obviously, the power surge clicking. Miguel Sano, obviously, this year has been. Miguel Sano has been um, red hot. You know, I man mean, of them boys. I yeah, mean, he's man, been amazing. Man child. And, 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 when you look at the numbers, I mean, he, in his first 220 games as a twin, he has the most homers in his first 220 games as a twin, second in extra base percentage and slugging. I mean, this is a guy that's really starting to, to come into his own now. And, you know, the, the power show last night was just one piece of it, but it was fun to see that, you know, fun to see them go out and really, you know, just lay the lumber to Oakland, you know, after coming off the road trip to come home and not have the letdown to continue to you know to hit the baseball and and, to, and as we lead into the second part of it to also get starting pitching that continue to follow along and Irvin Santana I mean I don't know how much more you can say about this guy what he's done in April going into May now a, a 0.66 ERA over 6 starts to start the season uh, and he only finished out as a runner-up to the AL uh, Pitcher of the Month to Dallas Keuchel, and most people saying only because Santana lost one start to a rainout. Keuchel got one more start than him, took advantage of it, which, you know, you can't blame the guy for doing that. But you look at Santana, Daryl, and this is where I definitely want you to, to come in and, and interject here. You know, Santana, with that 0.66 ERA over six starts, he has been obviously phenomenal and has been a solid, solid reason why this club is in second place in the AL Central. Well, you know, you can make an art. You can ask anybody. You can take a poll right now and ask, okay, who's the MVP? Is it Santana or is it Sano? I mean, there's a, you can make an argument for each. Uh, you, you look at what Santana's done. I mean, it's historical. I mean, if you just look at what, if you take away his last night's start, uh, you know, in May, 
which which got him into five and zero, and that zero point six six. If you just take what he did in April, again, it, it, we're talking about history because he became, uh, you know, with that with the five starts, he posted a four and zero record with zero point seven seven. His batting average against was a one one six. Uh, you know, he he was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, he's he set multiple records. He's got you know, by allowing no more than four hits and only one run in those first five starts, he became the only pitcher with such a streak uh, that long beginning uh, in the last, well, in the last hundred years. So, and then now you add another start. So now you had six starts and he's five and oh, and he's got a 0.66 ERA. Uh, and he hasn't allowed more than four hits. He hasn't, uh, now we're, lo- now we're talking about, Maybe the greatest, uh, one of the all-time greats in Walter Johnson, and we're talking when he was in, uh, in he was a national. He was when, when he was with Washington. We're talking, we're talking that kind of numbers and how. It, so it's amazing when you talk about the type of pitchers that we've had: Johan Santana, you know, Lariano in, in that half a year, I guess. But you've, we've had some pretty great pitchers. And Irvin Santana, you don't think of him as a Cy Young type. You don't think of him as an ace. But, boy, is he really pitching like an ace right now, Brad. No, I, I fully agree. I liked when you mentioned the, you know, the MVP, you know, kind of conversation for the team and how you could go with one of the two guys. And, yeah, I mean, you could see some people. I mean, you could see a lot of people, obviously, they see Sano and the power numbers and the RBIs go that way. You could see a lot of people easily also go, if, if Santana's not throwing a 0.66 ERA to start the season – you know the Twins could have you know four less wins, so I mean it's it's great. well. And you said and you mentioned too, Brad. Sorry to interrupt, but you mentioned no, too okay. that he wasn't given the uh, pitcher of the month because of one rainout. But he he did have in that first month a start where he got no decision, but he only gave up one run. I know, and it's... yet it was a quick. I mean, every single every single outing has been a quality start. And get this, he he has an average more than three hits per game. Three hits per game. Now, a lot of it has to do with solid defense. Right now, the Twins ranked as the third best defense in the MLB. So, you know, he and he, his strikeout to watch you isn't Chris Sale-like or Clayton's Kirk-like. You know, it's close to that. So, I, could... I understand why he wasn't named the player of the month, the picture of the month. But he's right there, boy. He's right there. I don't know. When I look at the numbers, I, I still could because I saw Keiko's numbers, and he went 5-0 and with a complete game and a 1-2-1 ERA and six starts in April, 25 hits, 11 walks. He did lead the major league in wins and innings pitched in April because Irvin had four wins, not five. But he was third in the AL ERA. Irvin had a better ERA than, than Keiko did, and he was also third in opponent batting average. And Santana had him better there. So I really, I mean – I'm sorry, but I, I hope I, and I wish I could see some of the voting. But you, you don't get it, you know you don't get to see the voters how they voted on that, so you don't you don't get to see that. But I, I mean, I, I man, I could have seen that really come down to even you know been closer than you know than it was. Now, one thing with you know just as a side note, with Dallas Keuchel by winning this in this month in April, he's the first pitcher in Houston franchise history to win four pitcher of the month awards. 
that and that really kind of surprised me with some of the arms that they've had in Houston and Nolan Ryan and you know some other arms in the 70s that they had down there that this would be you know now I also don't remember when they started pitcher of the month awards maybe they didn't maybe they didn't start that until like the 90s where you know it didn't you know right so it's like well yeah in the 90s the Astros didn't exactly have a lot of you know pitching it was all about hitting it was the killer bees down there so but it's still I mean I thought that 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 could have went you know really either way I mean it could have bred and the other thing that is, is you just point out okay it was his fourth one and we're talking about a in our guy Irvin Santana 34 year old whose career average is a just a hair over four ERA so maybe some of the voters, I would think, are thinking, let's see what he can do in May. I sure hope not, though, because it's supposed to be a, a pitcher. I know. I get you agreed. Know. 100% agreed. He pitched as well, if not better, than every other pitcher in the MLB. Well, and it's pitcher uh, of the month. It's not. the AL. It's, it's, but I think that there's, you, you know how people are. Oh, I understand. And but they're the, looking at the history. Then those people shouldn't be voting. Shouldn't. But then those people shouldn't be voting because it's not pitcher of the month plus what you did your Understand. last two years. You know, Understood. It's, Understood. I know. But you know, there's that bias. Oh, out I there. know. I know. There, there always yeah. is, and it, and that's a shame there, because there always is. It's a shame because he deserves to have it. But you know what? If he's if he's gonna continue doing it, which yeah. we want to see him, go out and do it. Yeah. it in May then. Yeah, do what I was gonna say go out and do it in May then, and then win it then. You know, they can't say anything then yep. because then it's you know two months back to back. Because then if he does it again, you better give it to him then. It's gonna be serious talks about Cyan. Yeah. Oh, sir, yeah. He does it April and May, and I'm not talking Bob Gibson, because here I was going to ask you this. If you had to put a percentage, you know, any sort of percentage on it you want, that he's going to continue this. Right now, six starts, he's 5-0, and oh, and he's got a .66 ERA. No, I mean 0%. He sets the ERA 1.12 that Bob Gibson did. Do you put it? What, what percentage you said he's going to do that? Zero percent. And and number one, you have to remember, Bob. You know this. Bob Gibson was the reason that they raised the mounts. That was the first. That's the first thing. That's Second of point. all, Bob Gibson pitched in the National League. Irvin Santana has to pitch in the American League with his DH. DH. Yep. So that's. I mean, and I, didn't they tighten up the ball like in the eighties or and late seventies? And, and, and that's the third piece is that they also the consistency okay. of the ball was was tightened. And to you know, part of it was the league wanted to you know score more runs, more play you know, score more runs, get the ratings up. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't see any. Any. I don't see any. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see that either. I don't see that either. I mean, but Bob could Gibson, he, he? I mean, look, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But could he have a I mean, two two and a half to you know, two point seven five ERA? Um, that's possible right now. That that's not out of the realm of things. And. It, in the in the American Especially League, defense and the run support, which he didn't get last year, and in the American League, if you run a two and a half to two point seven, two point eight ERA, anywhere from two point five to two eight, you're still running one of the better ERAs in the league. And if you're you know if you're doing that, yeah, you're still going to be in, in Cy Young contention. I mean, if you're putting up wins and your numbers are right there in terms of ERA, yeah, I mean, it, and I you know, there's obviously strikeouts and that that come into play. But if you're a seventeen, eighteen, or more game winner. And you're running a two point, you know, seven five ERA, boy, you're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a Cy Young race. There's gonna be people right, voting so for you. So let me ask you this, then, Brad. We don't think that he's gonna break the all time record, and that you know, hey, we love what we see right now. But I don't. He's got one more year on his contract, and you know, this is gonna be a big topic of discussion come June, definitely in June, in July. If the Twins are, let's say. If, if everybody's playing the way they are and they're right in the cusp of everything and they're half dozen or so 
games out of first place, maybe a half dozen or so, maybe seven games out of the wild card. If the front office, if Falvey and Levine are offered whatever they deem valued enough, do you trade? Do you trade Santana if he continues to go on where he is at 34? I think if you're if you're six games out of first, you know, so if you're six games out of winning a, a, a division title, that's a pretty big jump to make in the second half of a season. If mm-hmm. you're more than six also out of a wild card spot at that point, so you're at least half a dozen or greater out of getting each spot, and they get somebody that comes to them and says, man, we really need a number three, you know, and, there's and, gonna be those teams. And, it's and there it's gonna be. happen this year. And, and if there's the a, he's pitching. And if there's a team that comes to them and says, Boy, man, we've got a one and a two, and if we could put Santana in at a three with the way he's pitching, man, we could we think we could run the table. Or, you know, we we, we, we think we got a pretty good shot. Number one, I, I would wanna I would wanna make sure that then at that point, you know, Falvey and, and Levine are getting, you know, the top offer that they can get from that team. Like they are getting to maybe, you would have to hope you get their best pitching prospect and and maybe two whatever. Other, I mean, you'd have to get multiple prospects, kind of like the White Sox did in the offseason. Yeah, I'd want to see like a at least a you'd two. Have get, you'd have to get a sale type uh, prospect, Chris yeah. sale like you know return on investment. Yeah, I, I need to basically see that if they're gonna. I mean, I could, I could again if, if there are six or more out out of both spots and it's gonna make. It and tough. I guess it really it's it's no matter. I I put that number out there just to give you I a understand, number. I understand. We're gonna talk about more about it because if he's pitching this well, he's not. It's not like he's twenty eight. He's thirty four, and with one more year on his contract, yeah. If the team's this close and everybody's doing well, yeah, you want to see. Maybe right. you want to. Maybe you want to extend him another year or two. Or they or that might be way overpriced. So if the right deal comes, and we'll talk about this down the road when it gets closer, what deal is the, the right, right deal? deal right, for him. exactly, exactly. But and, right now he's pitching lights out, and no one expected the Twins to be in second place. Uh, three games, you no, know, soon to be four games, I believe, over five hundred. Uh, you know, and in great position right now. Because we thought it was going to be more like a little bit better than last year. But they're playing lights out because of him, because of the offense, because of the defense. So there's going to be a lot of questions to be asked, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree, and I, and I think a lot of it's going to be where they, you know, obviously the standings are going to, are going to dictate a lot of that. And then also, again, what, what offer they get, you know, if, if, yes. the, if the standings dictate that they're not in it, then, you know, if – if Falvey and Levine could get a really good offer, you're getting a top one or two pitching prospect and a couple of their pieces back in a deal. Well, then you're probably going to pull the trigger if you don't think that, you know, especially if they don't have any any real knowledge that they're planning on extending the guy, then, yeah, then I'm sorry. I mean, then you, if you don't think you're in it, then you, you got to make the deal if you got somebody knocking on the door saying, hey, we're willing to, you know, we're willing to offload you our, you know, number two pitching prospect in our organization and a couple other guys that are, you know, decent prospects because we feel that if we get, you know, Urban as a number three, he's going to get us to the playoffs and maybe, you know, well and beyond. So, yeah, that's definitely, you know, and, and we'll obviously have to scout that as we get into May. You know, April was yep. a good month. Let's see how May plays out. If this if this ball club plays the same kind of baseball in terms of record-wise in May that they did in April – well, now those those conversations are going to change a lot because they're going to still be right in the hunt. They're going to be in the hunt for the Central. 
They're going to be in the hunt for a wild card, and at that point, you know, all those bets It's going to be really interesting at that point yeah, because it, no one expected them to be buyers because you know, it was – uh, That's it, though. Yeah, Irvin Santana could be on the block. It was Hector Santiago could be on the block. It was Brian Dozier back on the block. I mean, it's going to be a really fun time. Well, yeah, because – really interesting to see what the new front office does. If they're in the hunt. Well, you mentioned the key word, too, is the buyers, because if they play May the same way they played on April, you know, you right. know three or four games above 500, you know, keep their head above the water. Yeah, in June, they, they could become buyers. They could actually become a club that goes, well, wait a second. We're right in this, and we're only a game out of the Central or, you know, right. and or three games out of the wild card race. Man, we're not sellers. We are the ones that could go. And, hey, boy, this puts – this is why those guys – Though the GMs and the president, the baseball operate, this is why they make the money. Because when you're a team that just loses a, lost 103, and you got the first overall pick. Nobody on earth thought the Twins were going to be in contention. And I hope they are. I think that'd be the greatest thing if they... Oh, make, I think it would too, I mean. But they're going to have to make a lot of decisions on how much do you buy then? And that'll be something else that we'll have to do a lot of research on and talk to some people about because, okay, in May, well, if you... they're still where they're at right now, four or five games up above when... 500. When you say that, when how you... long is that going to last? And when you say how much they should they buy, I would more equate that into this. If they become buyers, I would rather it more be that they're that – they're, either you know getting a, a guy that where they are eating some money on a contract and, and things like that then it would be them being buyers where they're going we'll give up you don't uh, give away draft picks you don't give away anything, or well, not draft picks. you don't give away prospects right I don't, I don't want them going okay either like barrios or gonsalves or you know fernando romero we're going to give one of those guys up to be no 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 don't do that to be buyers now if you're gonna if there's a guy that you think could be a fourth or fifth starter and you're willing to eat some contract money you know that's the kind of a buyer I don't mind if they would be if they're in that position. I don't want them to be the buyers that think oh, we're going to give up a top five prospect because no. no, because you're not. You are realistically, even if you get into the playoffs, let's let's look at what the odds would probably be here. And you, you're going to well. Be- and let's be honest too: is that when if we if we were, I mean, usually you go on a three man rotation, right? And right now you got Kyle Gibson that hasn't done anything. You got Phil Hughes that is going to be in the four ERA, and every third or fourth start he's probably going to give up five. Uh, he just does. He's a fastball without a fastball pitcher without a fastball. He's learning to do some other things. And like you were saying, like you uh, mentioned earlier, they're still deciding who their fifth guy is. And that's Adamo Mejia didn't succeed. He had to go down to AAA. Well, and that is our, our final. But there's a lot of question marks there. There is, and, and those things, you know, so that's why, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, as we get into May and then maybe early into June, we'll look at to see, you know, where the, the market shakes, if they're buyers, sellers, if they're just kind of, you know, hanging out at the flea market and not doing either. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of look into that as we get more towards that point of the, the season. But you did lead into our final topic tonight on the In yes. the Dugout segment, and that is that fifth starter spot. Now, the Twins do have to name a fifth starter because now – they're back to where they're playing three against the A's, three right in a row against the Red Sox, a day off, and then a road trip. They're, they're going to have to have a fifth starter. Now they don't have the luxury of uh, the couple of days off and things like that and getting away from, you know, rolling with just four. And so the Twins have talked about this. 
And, you know, a lot of fans are saying, okay, it's Barrios time, it's Barrios time, it's Jose Barrios time. Uh, the Twins have decided, and they've already come out today, and Molitor said this in an interview. It's been also Derek Levine and, and you know, or, you know, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine's also mindset as well that it's not going to be Jose Barrios, that for the time being, he's going to stay in Rochester. And I know there's surprised some fans that, you know, he was just a star of the week on your own show. How, you know, how can that be? Well, it, it, it is what it is. Just because we nominated guys as a star of the week doesn't mean we're, you know, we're, you know, getting to choose him as, you know, as the fifth starter, you know, on the, on the, on the rotation. But it sounds like it's going to be Nick Tepish who's already up here, who's already in the the Twins' bullpen as a, as a long man as whatnot. It sounds like Tepish is going to get the opportunity, at least for the next couple of weeks, to get those starts. Now going from there, we'll see how the ball club takes it. I mean, I mean, obviously some of it's going to depend on how Nick Tepish pitches over the next couple of weeks. Right. Some of, And some of it, as you know, Daryl, is going to depend on what they think they're seeing in Barrios and Rochester over the next couple of weeks. So it's kind of a combo deal. It's it's not just one thing that's going to decide that going forward. I don't think I also don't think Nick Tepish is the full-time answer as the fifth starter going forward either. Of course I, not. You know, and I don't think anybody should, but before anybody gets the mindset that oh, it's going to be Jose Barrios, it's going to be Barrios. I think the Twins also are going to want to see what the next 2 to 3 weeks holds for Barrios over this next, you know, that should be 3 or 4 starts before they're going to make that decision long, you know, long term and they've got some other things to figure out. They need to figure out Cal Gibson. You know, I mean, they, they That's a big one. That's a big one. They've got some other pieces there where they're going to look at it and figure out, you know, what what's going to happen there. And we still got to get there's other there's other prospects too that we've been waiting on that are haven't pitched yet, haven't pitched a single inning yet this year. Correct. So I mean, and th- and that's going to decide a lot of it, but you know, we're talking about Brios. You know, I as much as I'd love to see him up there, he's still pretty young. He's so he's very young. He's dominating, but you know, I I think he's got to get that. I I wonder what Salvi and Levine think about his walk strikeout to walk ratio. While it looks good in well in the entire minor league system, his entire career, it was horrible last year. So it's improved. I mean, it's back to where it normally is this year. You know, his strikeout to walk ratio is 35 to 8 uh, this year. That's fantastic. That's great. But if you remember last year, it was 49 and 35. 49 strikeouts, 35 walks. So I think they want to hone him in. So when they do bring him up, he's up for good. That's what I think. So you bring in someone right now as kind of a, you know, stopgap until they feel like he's ready. The fact that they didn't bring him up is a little worrisome to me, Brad, because he has pitched well. He's been named uh, the pitcher of the week twice this year already in the short season in, in just over a month. And yet, and he's pitched well, and yet they still decided not to bring him up. To me, that is an indicator. They don't trust that he can handle big league stuff. For me as a fan, I'm a little concerned that, okay, they don't trust him, and why not? Is it they don't feel he could do it based on what they see now or based you know, the mechanics that we're not seeing You know, because we're not over there in New York? Uh, it, that, to me, is more worrisome than ever that you're going to take somebody over Brios, pitching as well as he is, 
Well, I, and I think well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. On I, that one. I was just going to say, I think it's something we have to watch over the next couple of weeks to see how he continues to you know pitch in in Rochester, and also of course to see what you know it, it, it may the Twins also may get pushed in a spot. Let's say Tepish just blows up and does not pitch well in that fifth spot over a couple three starts. Right, it, it may force Falvey and Levine's hands. In going, you well, know. they tried to go on this four-man rotation and, that's, and, and that's, work it out with the days off, like they had. But, that's, but like you said, they they had to have someone in this spot. Well, yeah, and yeah, and that's only going to work. And it could be a Duffy that comes in and spot starts. We, we remember all the times that you know Schwarzak or someone would have to come in, uh, spot start. But to go on a four-man rotation. When you have, when you don't have legitimate aces, I mean, yep, I get it. Irv, you got bigger pitching, great, and you got Hector pitching way better than we saw last year. But it also, it but you got Phil Hughes and 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 Gibson that you, you just don't know. About. Well, and it also worked because they had a rain out. They had in that in that in that road stint, right. they had a day off. So there was there was kind of reasons where it worked out for them due to what happened from weather and from the scheduling standpoint. Now, you look at the next couple of weeks, they don't have that luxury. Number no. one, the weather, I mean, the long-term weather forecast here in Minnesota for the next, you know, 10 days is, is, is very dry. Um, you know, where they're going to go on the road, I mean, they're they're not looking at, you know, they can't count on they're going to get, you know, a rain out every week, and there's going to be that day off plus a Monday off. So the realistic justification, you know, occasion of it is that they're going to have to have uh, a, a true five-man rotation. They're going to have to have five arms. Just they, they can't, you know, just keep counting on, you know, getting, you know, two days off a week so that they can have a four-man rotation. It's right. just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work, and it's not going to be realistic. So, I think we'll see how Tepish does over the next couple of, of starts, and then we'll, from there we'll have to see if he doesn't do well. Do the Twins decide to do what you mentioned and pull, you know, Duffy, for example, out of the bullpen and spot start him and things because number one if you do that you're you're you are losing that arm in the bullpen well then you lose that arm in the bullpen and you already lost Haley and right so you you don't have a whole lot of options so I I think that if 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 they don't get what they want out of Tepish for the next couple of weeks I think it will end up forcing that their hand that they may have to you know at that point just go well we're gonna have to bring Jose up here and we're gonna have well and Adalberto Mejia did go down and pick seven innings in Rochester uh but I he think, didn't give up a run. No, but so they, that was something encouraging. But they need that to doesn't see that. mean that he's the next guy up. Well, not only that, I think I think they need to see that on more than one outing before they're the going to be. I agreed, one hundred percent. The good thing is that you know when you look at the bullpen, Brad. Let's remind everybody that right now Mason, uh, Nick Birdie, uh, in Double A, they're going to be in Triple A or the Bigs really quick because they've been probably the two best bullpen pitchers. And these are two high-profile, high-heat uh, pitchers. They they almost hit 100 miles an hour, and they're nearly perfect in Double A. So it's not uncommon to go from Double A to the Bigs. Oh, not at all, not at all. So I would definitely think that those two, because JT Shagwa back on the DL, which that's unfortunate. We got to get past that. You got Hildenberger. He's been mainly good, but he's had a couple rough ones. But you got two really good ones in Mason and Nick that are right on the cusp of the bigs, and we've been waiting on them for about a year now. And they're right there. So when it comes to the bullpen, we're talking about long relief here and 
you know, what what do you do with guys like Duffy and well, you got two guys that can come in and probably in a heartbeat take over without skipping a beat. And that's that's encouraging and should be encouraging for all Twins fans. And so we'll we'll definitely watch over the next couple of weeks and we you know come back for one twenty six, episode one twenty six. We'll look and see how you know how that fifth starting spot has, has shaken out, how Tepish has done and, and what it means for Barrios and for some of those other guys down the road. So with that, we're going to wrap up the In the Dugout segment, which also means we'll be wrapping up the episode 125 of Talking Twins. Do remember, though, that we will have the uh, uh, follow and retweet contest happening for episode 126, where you will have a chance to enter and win a Miguel Sano autographed baseball. So keep... we'll probably start that within a week or so. Yeah, so keep, you know, keep. We'll you know... probably start that within a week or so. So just keep your eyes out, yep. keep keep open, and we'll probably start that in a week or so, and we'll announce it uh in the next couple of weeks. Yep, so so keep watching at Talking Twins on our Twitter feed. And with that, remember, we are part of the 4D Podcast Network. As always, we record the show at the beautiful First Pitch Studios. And remember, it's always uh, my, my awesome co-host, Daryl Yates, and myself, Bradley Swanson, that bring you guys Talking Twins each and every week. Remember, you can find us on the web at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. You can find us on Facebook at talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash Facebook and on Twitter at Talking Twins. So until we join you guys on episode 126, keep rooting for the Twins. Uh, Keep pulling for our guys here, both when they're at Target Field, if you can get a chance to get out there over the next few days against the Red Sox and A's. And with that, until then, we thank you guys for joining us, and we will talk to you guys uh, next time on episode 126 here on Talking Twins. Talking baseball in Minnesota.